welcome to Swapping Joysticks. It is the 1st of June, the 1st of Gay Month. Happy Pride. Happy Pride to you too. What are you proud of that you've done today? Oh, by the way, I'm Biggest Benes, otherwise known as Ben Ostwick, uh, to the government. And I'm joined as always by... Ed underscore Knights. Otherwise, thanks for that, thanks for that intro. Otherwise known as... Dickhead. Well, <laughs> not always. No, not dick. Miserable. Miserable twat. Yes. Miserable asshole. That yeah. sounds like me. Why are you so miserable today? Oh, just life and the National Health Service. Oh, just in general for the NHS? Yeah. Just I technically work for a charity that, you know, it, that I, I have an NHS card, actually, or I've got the ability to get one. What do you mean an NHS? Don't we all have an NHS card? No, but like um, the blue card, whatever they call, so you get discounts in places like Subway and stuff. Wow, the NHS are going to give you a discount in Subway, that healthy food alternative. I, well, no, there, there are <laughs> shops that give discounts to NHS workers. Okay. And I think I'm, yeah, I need to, I need to look into that. But yeah. Anyway, cheers. I'm drinking wine. Cheers. Cheers. We have some wine uh, to start off Pride Month with, of course. Why not? This is a, Pino, not a, a Pinot Noir. I was about to say, it's not a Pinot Colada or a, you know, Blue no, it's Wicked. A, it's a Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir. Why not? Hmm. You've seen, the, have you seen the Kimmy Schmidt episode? Yes, but it was a long time ago. Oh, no. Vaguely. By the way, just before okay. we start, did you want to give a special hello to uh, a very special listener of ours? Hi, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out my dad listens to this. Yeah. That's worrying. That's very embarrassing. Yeah. Hi, Ed's dad. I'm going to have to be on my best behavior now. So do I. I have to turn tone down the swearing. Yeah. And the filth. Although yeah. my favorite, my favorite thing is we went to see your parents at the weekend, and your dad, after, like, he loves the name swapping joysticks. The amount of innuendo <laughs> and puns and stuff he was coming out with, like, a whole day, it was, it was brilliant. I think we are corrupting your. This podcast is corrupting your father. Well, as long as we're achieving something. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that is that is quite something to do. But yeah, that is um, that is that was the other day. What? What have you been drinking? For today, Ben, or what are you drinking for today? What am I drinking for? Mm. Uh, I'm drinking because I have, I don't know, actually, maybe just as a celebration because I am oh. on the Twitch. I'm part of the Twitch Pride campaign. Nice segue. Uh, yeah, thank you for just setting that up. You're welcome. And uh, yeah, so that means I, I don't really know. Um, hopefully, it'll be a bit better than last year because last year was. Ooh. Well, no, no, I'm just saying like Hello? last. I was part of it last year, and... Are you saying that Twitch's Pride last year was terrible? No. Are you saying it was badly organised? No, it was definitely not badly organised. Are you saying you didn't get enough visibility? Well, there was, I had the same number of yes. views as I did. <laughs> all I'm saying is I, I noticed no difference at all last year when I was part of it to this year. But this but year I'm didn't part... Didn't you feel good supporting the queers? Well, well it's not down to me supporting them. <laughs> I'm supporting me. Um, no, but I, I did enjoy... Uh, like being on, on like some of their social posts and stuff, but like I didn't. I don't know. You enjoyed it. having your face on the internet. I literally I was on one social post and I don't think I, anything else really happened. But it's, uh, you know, it, the thought was there. But this year <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> this year I'm they in tried. a. They tried. Yeah, they, they tried. No, this year I'm in a Twitch team, so that might be different. And also I've um, I'm going through and like following all the people on there. And like just today I was I clicked through the uh, Twitch. It's the Twitch UK and Ireland Pride uh, team. And I just clicked on a random person I'd never seen before, just out of chatting. 
the loveliest person. Totally forgotten who they were, but they were really, really nice. <laughs> Shout out to you, whoever you yeah, are. Yeah, I gave them a follow. Uh, they were lovely. Okay. And uh, yeah, so go and check that team out. There are some lovely people. There are also some wonderful, wonderful people uh, who seemingly weren't picked as well, which is... I don't know. It feels weird for me to be picked twice when there are some people that I think deserve to be on there. You deserve to no. be on there, Ben. Well, you're a Twitch partner and they can't look past that. They can. There are lots of people on there that aren't Twitch partner. Twitch partner isn't the only thing. The only benefit is a nice little tick and a partner party. A what? A partner party. A what? A partner party. Before that? A nice tick. Oh. Yeah. Well, actually, I did get yours. Oh, wait. <laughs> after I got partnered. Wow. Hi, yes, dad. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that, so yeah, that, that'd be cool. I will let you know at the end of the month, um, whether it was beneficial or not. Well, no, like if there was any kind of, you know, decent thing for that. Do you know what you'll be playing for pride? Do you have a special plan? Mm-hmm. Well, one, say? uh, yeah, because I am doing some multi, okay, yes, yeah, very, very vague the moment. I'm doing a multiplayer stream. In, that could be anything. In like a couple of weeks on the Rainbow Arcade channel. Great. That's all That's all I know. But other than that, I'm going to be doing some... I'm just going to be doing a mix of everything. Um, I'd like to do a lot of community-focused streams and some stuff where we can, you know, just be free to be whoever we want to be. So I was oh. thinking like Disney Dreamlight Valley. Might have to bring that back a little bit. Okay. Um, because I haven't really played much of that. And I bet they have Pride stuff in there. Um, obviously, bring go to Animal Crossing a bit and do some deal or no deal in there. Of course, get a little Pride Town going again. Um, and also, yeah, I'm going to be playing some Diablo <laughs> on Saturday. That that wonderful Lugabata friendly game. Well, apparently, if, if you believe the people From that, that wonderful well, Lugabata friendly. All company. I'm saying is the people that like stand at the side of the road, chanting that I'm going to go to hell. I thought I'd just acquaint myself with it. That's know. fair. Yeah, be like, oh, this just, is what it's going to be like. Just take yourself there. Yeah, decide what build I want when I finally get there. What build would you like? I would like to be a sorcerer. Because gays do magic. Mm, that's true. I'd quite like to be like a, a warrior. Because I'd quite like muscles. I want to be a beefcake. I want brawn as well as brains. You can dream, Ben. Oh, dear. <laughs> I could I, I could be muscular if I if I tried. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was so that's uh, that's the plan for this. But what's your plan for the month? Get your diary out. Oh, and also we've got like a bunch of well, we've got a bunch of concerts and stuff, but that won't be streamed. But what what are your streaming plans for this month? I have given it zero thought and I've suddenly realized, oh shit, it's the first of June today. So maybe I should organize something for Pride Month. Yeah, because last time you did. Yeah, I did a whole month of, uh, of fundraising for mermaids, yes. which was which was really good fun. Well, you're saving yourself for later this year, aren't you, for when you do a Great Ormond Street uh, fundraiser? If you say so, man. Yes, I will be forcing you. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe I should do something. I do have a pride emote, at least. You do. I I do because I've got the Isabel one, but I did have the one of a dog waving a flag, which I need to update. Mm. Which is actually, yeah, today, uh, well, seeing Mr. Wibble, who is in our community, he posted a, um, a, like, his new emote, and it's from Alonka, who did my uh, emotes as well. And I'm like, oh, that's really nice. Also, I should go and get some new emotes. So thanks for reminding me. I'm going to go and, uh, well, in a month or so, once uh, once payday rolls around again, I might have to uh, get some new ones. Very nice. Mm. But um, yeah, so uh, tell us about, before we go into the games and games, 
What uh, what have you been up to this week? <laughs> well, speaking of gays, <laughs> um, we went to go and see Beyonce. We did see Beyonce at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Very good. Well done. That is true. And also, that stadium was really, really nice. I thought they were in a bit of like a, I don't want to say hit hole, because, uh, you know, I can't swear now, but I thought it was I a mean, real... you can swear. I thought it was a bit of a shithole, but like I went there and I'm like, oh no, this is this is like a state-of-the-art stadium. I didn't really, I f- totally forgot that they'd, I don't know if they'd knocked it down and built it back up or it seemed, I mean, it was really new. Um, padded seats. You don't get that at Oakwell in League One. Well, uh, that's League One. But you don't get, I, they didn't sell Bovril. They sold champagne and they didn't sell Bovril. That's the kind of football stadium it is. And I'm very happy about that. I don't want to watch Beyonce whilst drinking Bovril. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I definitely would. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, yeah, so... But no, we went to see Beyonce, which yeah. was a very, very last minute decision. Um, we've both seen her before. I saw her for four. Um, the album for... Oh, I thought she went four, um, but for years, decades. And, and I saw her for the Beyonce album, the self-titled one. Mm. And the form was incredible because I was about maybe 10 people from the front. Oh, wow. Um, and so I'm going to say 10 years old. I was like, no, you weren't. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but I was pretty close to the front and it was just an incredible show. And the Beyonce one, I was like a few people back from the second stage and just couldn't see a thing. Mm. So ended up just watching the whole thing on the screen and was like, this is just a bit lame because I couldn't really see anything. Mm. Um but um, yeah, the first yeah, time this was this was definitely an improvement. I've also seen her twice. I saw her as part of the uh, uh, triple act Destiny's Child. You may have heard. Never heard of them. No, um, but I, yeah, that's how old I am. I saw them with my mum. Uh, we were reminiscing about it just before I went. Did you? Was your mum a big Destiny's Child fan? No, but I was like, we are going to. Well, I was allowed to go to a, a concert. So this isn't. This is. I was allowed to go to a concert uh, once per year. Um, Only one? Oh, yeah. We didn't do concerts. Were you not trusted? Were they too far away? Uh, yes, it was in Sheffield. <laughs> it was, uh, so they'd have to drive all the way to Sheffield. The Sheffield Halam. Or, uh, Halam. Halam? No, that <laughs> sounds uh, different. <laughs> That's a type of meat. The Sheffield Halal Arena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Halal Arena in Sheffield. No, we went there. Haram Arena. <laughs> we... Uh, um, went there and I saw Destiny's Child because I wanted to go see them and we went to see them and I, I literally would get, I don't know what it, maybe it was on the internet or maybe it was something else, but I used to go through and be like, what's the biggest act that are coming to to this this year, this next year? And then we got tickets. I remember when tickets used to cost and like £35. you Destiny's pounds. Child? Yes. Was this before or after you came out? That was way before. Wow. Way before. <laughs> so the first concert I ever went to was S Club 7. Uh, <laughs> I mean. The second, then this, the following year I went to see Destiny's Child. And then, I don't know if it was that week, or even might have been, I don't know, it was around about the time that I went to see Destiny's Child. They admit, they announced that they were breaking up. So I was It was like, your fault. I was like, it was literally around about the same time that I went to it see her. It was your fault. I see them. But it was great. I was like, well, when... They mission- saw this lanky teenager in the audience and thought, I'm done. These are our fans. We need new fans. Yeah. <laughs> they, no, we went to see... Yeah, so we went there and like, it was funny because... They obviously do their own like solo bits as well. And when Michelle came on, everyone went to the toilet. Who? <laughs> yeah, she just did some gospel stuff, and we uh, and we wandered off. Uh, I'm sure she sang lovely. Yeah, singing well is nice. Um, but then the following year, so the following year, I wasn't planning on going to see Beyonce because I think the tickets were really expensive. 
um, like 50 pounds. <laughs> God, if only. <laughs> and they, but I'd won tickets through the McDonald's Monopoly. Do you remember that? You won Beyonce tickets? No. Through, through, oh. So I won tickets to see Girls Aloud and One True Voice, the duo, the duo tour. I mean, I would definitely go to that. Unfortunately, it was cancelled because they didn't sell enough tickets. Oh. Um, so they gave me a voucher for £50. And I was like, Mum, can I use this voucher? And can you pay a bit more? And then we go and see Beyonce. And so we did. And we went and she was great. And that was, was that crazy, like, in crazy in love. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy in love. I think crazy in love was like number one at the time. It was that. Yeah, it was a long time ago. But that was the last time I saw uh, Beyonce. Well, a bit of an upgrade to this time then. Just... Huge, huge stadium, huge crowd, tons of songs. Oh yeah, 27 songs, something like that. It yeah. Was, yeah. It was it was pretty phenomenal, to be honest. It was an experience. Yeah. Yeah. She, she can sing. Yeah, like you turned to me at the start, because obviously you read all the reviews. Yes. Um, I mean, this is the reason why I just followed your opinion. It was. I mean, I literally read the review and went online and somehow found tickets on the day of the concert because we were planning. We were I'm actually not complaining. we were invited to see um, the Flash, the, the like a pre preview screening of the Flash, which I was ready to go and I was fine. And then yeah, I read the review. I think the Guardian had a little quote out that said something like, "You should move heaven and earth to go and see this concert." And you did. And I did it well. I went on Ticketmaster and found that there were some really, really good seats. I mean, they were £200 each, but like they were really, really good seats. They were just off to the side, really. It was, you could see everything super clearly. They were great seats and they bloody well should be for that price. Um, um, yeah. But no, you turned to me at the start and said, oh, the review said she was really brave for starting with three ballads. And I was like, yeah, she's done all of her singing in the first few songs. And then she can just let loose and have fun the rest of the time. Yeah. Um, like it was, it was club renaissance. It is the renaissance album. Um, it's promoting that it's all the songs from that. And I really enjoy the new album, but it's not, it's not a pop album. It's not an album of individual songs. And therefore the gig was not a typical pop gig of, oh, she's going to sing all the hits and then have a break and then come back for an encore that's going to be the big one. And she's yeah. going to end with Crazy in Love and a big sing-song of Halo. Like, it wasn't that. It was bookended by the Renaissance album. It yeah. was mostly tracks from that. And those songs aren't, they're not pop songs, they're club songs. But it means that the gig as a whole is like a clubbing but experience. club, not, not that kind of club. A club. I've got hiccups now. But like, not like, you wouldn't, they wouldn't, play, it in, they wouldn't play it in heaven. Uh, you know, on a Friday night. Not that kind of music. It's the kind of music that... That's because heaven's shit. Yeah, it's the kind of music that you'd go to and you'd be like, wow, this is quite a classy place. But it's like where classy people go to properly dance. Well, it's... it's Like, the whole thing to me was a real ode and celebration of black culture and queer culture from 70s, 80s, 90s. Like, it was full of references. There's Donna Summer. There's, like, the ball culture from the 80s. I'm sure at one right, point... Right, so Fred. What? I'm too sexy for you. That was not included. That, that song... Well, no, but that she has... She, like, includes that in her song. Does she? Yeah. We even referenced this because you didn't believe me, and then you went and Googled it and found out that it was true. It's on her new album. If you say so. Isn't it? Superstar song. Alien Superstar. Yeah, I was going to say Ghetto Superstar, but that's no, Naz. different song. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. No, there was the I'm sure one of the songs they um she put in the bass line of um uh Candy. Yeah. It's like Candy. Dum 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 do 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 do. No? No. There's a whole routine. Oh my god, Ben is incredible. What is um Candy, that song. Oh. Um I'm sure that got mixed into one of them at some point. Um like just just this celebration of like decades of incredible black and queer music. Yeah. Just all rolled together. Even her old songs were remixed in a way that sort of blended with the new album. Um, like Alien Superstar, but then with the baseline of Sweet Dreams and all mixed together. Mm. Ah, that was heaven. That was everything. Yeah. It was a real experience. What about the, um, the voguing bit? That was what that genuinely was my favorite bits. Yeah, and it was right towards the end, and she was busy changing mm-hmm. as she, you know, is wont to do. Um, and the dancers, backup dancers, just came on and did like a full ball sort of voguing routine. Mm. Well, not even routine, just like a like free ball, like free for all thing. Free for all. I a think that's free, the, that's the technical name. Yeah, a free for ball, yeah. um, which was just so good, and just like dipping and dropping and whatever else duck walking all of that yeah um with like thousands of people like yeah yes the very um, it was very queer and very kind of yeah empowering it was it was excellent um it was also just camp as hell mm. the whole show i mean with the bit where she was like like sitting in a giant clam yeah mm. she sat in a clam she pole danced on a on a freestyle voguing there we go there you go um she um she pole danced on a on a um, on a tank that drove down over the stage. Yeah. She flew on a horse at the end. Yeah. Um, glittery horse. A, a glitter- oh, was it unicorn or was it a horse? I think it was a horse. Okay. Because it's from the album cover. Okay. Um, although my favourite was when she literally dressed up as a bee mm. because she is the queen bee. So she dressed up as a sexy bee, and it was all done as like a news anchor thing, and the news being called. Cunty news. K N T Y. K N T Y. Yeah. Um, like it was. It was serving cunt. It was serving camp. It was glorious. It was an experience. Like I'll admit that, like half of the songs there, maybe even more than half, I am not into at all. Like I just don't enjoy them. I much prefer her older stuff. But like the fact that it was such an experience, and like every single song, I was like, I you could be singing anything. You could be singing Cliff Richard's Lord's Prayer. I would enjoy it with the way that she sings it. And I know you like that song because you're weird. I don't. I thought you like him. I like Cliff. Well, I like some of Cliff Richard's songs, not the Lord's Prayer. Okay. I'm not down for the religious crap. <laughs> okay. Give me Saviour's Day. Okay. Well, still. I mean, it's just She could be singing a Cliff Richard song <laughs> and I'd be like, you know what? I'm enjoying this experience. So I liked it. But like, it's not my kind of music. But her performance is like, yes, I'm totally down. Yeah, for it's this. just incredible. Like she hasn't just an amazing voice yeah and presence and just the production i also love the fact that this the set was literally just a massive screen yeah which meant that they could use it for loads of different things be that you know different backing effects and special effects and things like that but also that um it meant that she was on the screen for a lot of the time yeah because like i said when i went to see her previous tour you've got the typical screens at the side of the stage 
which are quite small, and you're kind of just sat looking at that the whole time. Whereas this was just a huge screen, which meant that whatever was happening, you could always see. Yeah. Which means no matter where you were sat in that stadium, you could see what was going on. 100%. And therefore get your money's worth for that ticket, which I definitely appreciated. And like, they, the, because it was such a big screen, they, would, like, they could kind of project it and to make it look like like it wasn't a screen, which I mean is obvious. But like they were, there were bits where they made scaffolding. They made it look like there was scaffolding with two screens on either side of it. Yeah, and yeah. even the, like the scaffolding wasn't real. It was part of the image that was projected on. So it looked a bit more old school and industrial. It was, it was, it it was, was a brilliant. very good quality 4K screen. It was. Can um, I just say though? And there was a really cool camera angle that they kept, like like a camera that rotated around the stay, the front of the stage. Yeah, so there wasn't a person. from like every angle. And it was, yeah, it was yeah. just really, really well done. Passions by, Passions by it says, a handful of those dancers are from the house of Balenciaga. Um, I live for her authentically bringing ballroom to a stadium. Yeah, you could you could tell that as well. This isn't yeah. like noging or whatever they call it. So like this was clearly mm. professionals who know how to do that properly. Yeah. A really diverse mix of dancers as well. Um, like, like I said, just a real celebration of that culture. Like it was really sensitively done. It felt authentic, even though it's Beyonce who is a straight woman. Yeah. Um, like it just felt really authentic to to that dance style. Yeah. It was awesome. Uh, the one thing, I'd, the one downside, because I'll I'll bring a, I'll be you when you're talking about video games. I'll bring a negative. Wow. I thought the um, the sound quality was terrible. Like it's that stadium. I know. You. But like it's. It was really bad. Like some of the songs, I've said like half the songs I don't really like, but maybe I would have liked them if I was listening to the the version where you could actually hear the tune. But like, it's because it's such a big stage. You're saying you couldn't hear Beyonce singing the tune? I could hear her. Well, she, no, because she doesn't sing along with the tune. Like there's always well, a backing. Most of the time she's riffing around it. Exactly. So. Yeah. So you could hear her riffing, but you couldn't necessarily hear what's happening. Or like know what the song was happening in the background. But also because it's such a big stadium, you could hear it echo off the other side of the stadium. So there was all this also there was always this like kind of weird background kind of muffle or a background kind of tinny sound. And that was it just like ricocheting off the back, which I mean, that that's what you get from a stadium. I was going to say, I'm afraid, Ben, that is just stadiums. I don't think anyone has quite worked out how to make gigs sound good in a stadium. Well, if Beyonce and ever decides to do, you know, the um, our uh, living room. Yeah. Or the um, oh God, what's the place I went to that was amazing. The, um, oh, we walked past it a bunch of time. Barbican. If you wants to do that, you know, I'll happily sure. go. Okay. Um, <laughs> the the answer to that is earplugs, by the way. Oh, does that stop the... Well, so ear, like, earplugs I people, are... I people would prop- murder me if I turned up to a Beyonce concert with earplugs. It was like, oh, get rid of this. No, no, no. <laughs> I saw people around me with them on. Uh. Um, proper gig goers do use earplugs. Well, I will do that next time. what it does is that it blocks out, like, the top and the bottom frequencies of sound which is usually the echoey bits mm. and the distortion and whatever else, which leaves you with a clearer sound down the middle of like the middle of the frequency. Does and it block that's out... what goes through your ear so that you end up actually hearing it better. Does it block out people like screaming and bawling their eyes out behind you? Um, I'm not sure about that entirely, but that was also part of the experience when we turned I around genuinely... and there were two like basic bitch white girls literally <laughs> bawling their eyes out like, the second she appeared like just literally dying yeah literally like they were <laughs> they were bawling their eyes out um like just like the second she appeared they just screamed and like tears and i said like, i love that that was part of the experience that and was they obviously had like a you know gay best friend with them who was like mother all the way yeah through. that was 
I I I can't. I mean, like, he was so, like I, I love... fucking love you, and I was like, she can't hear you. But that's that. To be honest, <laughs> that was part of the experience, and I just loved it because I've been to a concert. I went to a concert. It was Queen and Adam Lambert, and like I think it was like We Will Rock You or Don't Stop Me Now or something came on, and we stood up, and the people behind were like tapping, telling us to sit down. Oh no! I was like, I can't stand that. Yeah, we stood up for the most most of it. I stood up for the whole thing. Yeah. I know that we've paid for a seat, so there is a seat behind me. I shall not be using that. I shall be standing up and dancing and grinding and having a lovely time, and no asshole is going to stop me. It's a Beyonce gig. You think I'm not going to stand up and dance? Mm. No. Yeah, I mean, every, I love that Like when she was going and getting changed and stuff, everybody like sat down for a moment, and then the second she appeared, everyone was straight back up. It was yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. I just stayed standing. Yeah. I'm not going to sit. What's the point of sitting down? Not having that. No. And, and yes, they, anybody, they were white girl wasted as well. Were they? Yeah. I mean, I was I was drinking a bit, so I could have, you know, I was loosening up a bit. Maybe that's why I wanted to enjoy it. And I think I knew I'd enjoy it more with a few drinks. And they, they weren't too expensive. It was like six pounds for a pint of Heineken, which is expensive, but like for a concert, for like that, that is really good. Pretty typical London. I, however, was perfectly sober. Yes, but and you didn't look like it. I, oh, wow. I was, I was drunk and love. That's what I was. Is that one of her songs? Good lord! I know that. Um, End the segment. End the segment there. No, I I just know her old stuff. I know like Bootylicious and um, Crazy in Love and Dangerously in Love. Is that one? Is that the name of it? Um, it's the name of the album, I think. But I think she sang the song from it. Actually, yes, she sang that. And that was the first song she sang, and I was like, that was really, I really liked that. That was very good. However, she didn't sing my favorites, and I know I'm. Yeah, I like the songs that are probably not. Well, the ones that you hate, like if I were a boy, terrible Halo, song, terrible song, um, bootylicious. No, not bootylicious. What's the oh 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 song? Um, single ladies, single ladies. Like that is Overplayed my favorite rubbish. See, that is my favorite album. <laughs> I like that we can like the same artist, but also completely have totally different tastes. Well, she's got such different albums. Like everyone yeah. is different. Mm. Yeah, I'm she sorry, has. If I were a boy, it if just. So like, good. Grammatically incorrect. No, it's not. That just, is grammatically correct. And it's just, if I were a boy. It's I'm, just I'm English teacher. And, and terrible lyrics. Not. And it's just awful. Well, maybe she'll do an updated one if I were non-binary. I don't know. <laughs> just for Pride Month. She can... If I were a gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be a bit problematic. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But I really... Uh, yeah, exactly. Passions Planet says, Sasha Fierce is objectively her worst record. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Well... I say that my favourite is four. Which I don't think is necessary. I don't know. I I just think it's a good, consistent album. Mm. I also really like the Beyonce album, which was the first, um, uh, the first uh, record. No, um, the music video album. The first Beyonce. I can't remember what she called it. I don't know either. Of course, you B Day. Know. No. The type of it, because it was a like a, a series of music videos, not just a music album. And I can't remember what she called it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, but I remember um, when she went on Radio 1 and people were like, you've called your album B-Day. Do you know that's like a bum wash? <laughs> that's a bum wash. <laughs> yeah. She was like, oh, <laughs> no. But I mean, I've mean, i always liked Beyonce, but the, the visual like... album, that's the word okay. I'm looking for. The peak. Sorry, that just came to me. The, the peak for me was 
when she was on the X Factor and she sung "Listen" with Alexandra Burke. Oh, that was an iconic moment. I watched it. I watched it yesterday, and I was like, "This is this was the best. This was the height of X Factor. It will never be beaten." And that's because that was a year after Leona Lewis, and I thought she was like, phenomenal. "It was the height of X Factor. It was the height of Beyonce, of Beyonce, and the height of um, of uh, Alexandra Burke. Alexandra Burke. <laughs> that was the top moment for all of them. Yeah." Oh, no, but like, but then afterwards she sang "If I Were a Boy," but like, did it live, which nobody really did then, and she just like destroyed. Apparently, Simon Cowell was never a big fan of Beyonce, and then she performed that, and it and changed he saw his the mind. Light. Yes, he was like, "Oh, she can sing." No and also, shit, Simon. She was incredible. I mean, she's incredibly. Pretty. She's like one of the most attractive people in the world. But like then, she had like a kind of a tall hair bun, wavy. Th- I don't know. I don't do hair, but like, yeah, it was. Um, it was a great look. The height of British culture, says Ishraq, and I Absol- agree. Absolutely. Alexandra Burke. That was a moment. Beyonce. And it, that was because like JLS were, came second or something. That was a good year. That was a great year. Oh, I wish, kind of wish they'd bring back X Factor like once every three years or something and just make a huge deal out of it. It'll be terrible now, though. Mm. I don't know. I just, I miss that being on a Saturday and then going out clubbing afterwards because we watch X Factor, drinking. Be like Eurovision, you know. Watch it well, drinking. You've got Strictly Come Dancing instead. I like Strictly Come Dancing. I'll have to. Uh, we'll have to go out after Strictly Come Dancing then, in future. Please stop saying it like that. Why? <laughs> Strictly Come Dancing. Strictly Come Dancing. Um, Not come Dancing. Anyway, this is a video game podcast. Who knew? We were like half an hour in. What else? Yeah. So that was Beyonce. Nothing else exciting has happened this week. Well, what have you been playing? Let's talk about what you've been playing. Um, I have been playing some more Zelda, but we've talked about that a lot already. Yep. So I decided yesterday to play something else so that I'd have something else to talk about. What did you play? And I decided to play Planet of Lana. Do you know what Lana means? Tell me. Wool. It means wool in Spanish. Lana del Rey is wool of the king. One of your, like, three anecdotes that you repeat. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> So there I are at least heard 11. you say that so many times. And you still don't know? Oh, I, I don't listen to you. That's why I have to keep saying it. God. Like today I asked you a question. You were like, God, yes! I'm like, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Did I ask that question a week ago? Yes, probably. But so what? Anyway, Planet of Lana. Um, it is on Game Pass, on Xbox and PC, I believe. Mm. Um, and it's a side-scrolling indie puzzle platformer which sounds like a million and one of the games, and it kind of is, um, but it has a really, really lovely atmosphere. Um, I would say it is sort of limbo. I was about to say inside limbo. Inside slash limbo meets The Last Guardian, Ooh. sort of Ico, with a bit of Ghibli thrown in. So it is that typical side-scrolling puzzle platformer kind of vibe, um, but visually... It's sort of painterly, hand-drawn, like this really beautiful, verdant world, but with aliens in it as well, um, on another planet. So it's very kind of Ghibli-esque. And it's about this young girl whose family are taken away by evil robot aliens, because of course they are. Um, And she meets this adorable little cat companion, who's not actually a cat, but just looks like a cat. And you basically have to cooperatively between the two characters move to the right um consistently um but it's got that ico feel of it being kind of minimalist design there's no speech well they, they talk in a sort of other language sort of gibberishy kind of language Sims. um sort of 
Um, so there's no like dialogue or storytelling. It's just everything's a bit more sort of metaphorical. Um, really lovely music, which is only used sort of intermittently. But the music, I'm not sure if it was all of it or some of it, was composed by the same composer who did The Last Guardian. Um, so there's that that link there to kind of those games. Um, yeah, it's just it's just really really lovely. Um, so the music's good. The music like is very good. Orchestral good, music. Good music, kind of yeah, will tell a game for me. Yeah, orchestral melancholic, um, which kind of really adds to the atmosphere. Um, the the puzzles I'd say are a little bit fiddly. Um, it's the kind of puzzle where there's only one solution to it, and sometimes to do that is a bit sort of back and forth or there's a bit of stealth involved and you know you get seen you instantly die or you need to push a block but you've got to be in the exact precise mm. place to push it properly um so sometimes the puzzles are a little bit fiddly um, is there any combat in it no okay good and apart from like maybe dropping a pile of logs on a robot or something mm. but like it's not combat at all um you are a young girl so she can't do that um, and the little cat thing has different powers as well. Um, so it can sort of hypnotize alien creatures, um, but doesn't like water. Whereas she can swim, but she can't hypnotize things. So you've got to sort of work together to to get through the environments. Um, and how yeah. long is it? Apparently like four hours. I thought I was at the end because it suddenly, I got to a bit where all this like singing music came in and it panned out and it was sort of reaching this big crescendo and i was mm. thinking oh is this the end already um but i think there's a bit more but maybe like half an hour i don't know okay. so i think i'm pretty close to the end so I, I played most of it in an evening it's very short mm. um but like i say it's on game pass um i would thoroughly recommend it if people just want something kind of relaxing but charming really nice atmosphere um mm. yeah and when you say gibberish, do you mean Swedish? Because apparently it's a Swedish indie. It is a Swedish indie, yes. But no, it is a made-up language. Okay, all right, just checking. They're not going... They're not doing that. No, <laughs> good. I was reading out lists of things from Ikea. But no. I'm glad you're enjoying that. Is there anything else you're looking forward to coming out? Or have you been playing anything else? Well, you played Zelda and... Is it just Zelda in this? Just Zelda in this this week. Mm. Um, I know a lot of people are looking forward to Diablo. Which I would like to give a go to. Mm. I played Diablo 1 when I was about 10. I think I still have the PC disc somewhere. Mm. Um, but I never got very far. Um, I struggled with it as a kid to just get into it. Um, and I haven't played a Diablo game since. Okay. So I'm intrigued to know what this new one is like. I played a bit of Diablo 3. I always say Diablo, but it's Diablo, isn't it? I played a bit of Diablo 3. Got it on PS4. Um, just because it looked really pretty and it was one of the few games that was 60 FPS, I remember, and looked gorgeous. And I, yeah, I, I enjoyed what I played, but I only played maybe two acts. I don't know how many acts there are. I am not sure. Mm. I, I played about maybe a quarter of the game. And uh, yeah, it was it was fun to just kind of go through and mash. But I wasn't, I wasn't like focusing what my builds were or I wasn't going and concentrating on anything like that. Um, oh, there are five acts. So yeah, I just did the first two. I wasn't kind of, yeah, I was just kind of murdering everything as I was going through it. So I wasn't really focused on trying to max things out. And I think that's what people say happens anyway. You know, you're like, you just go and play through the game. And then once you get to the end game, that's when the fun starts. So see, this yeah. this is my only concern with playing Diablo is that when I play games, I like character. I like story. Mm. Um, 
and it seems like the story of the Diablo games is not amazing, um, but that most of the fun is about sort of coming up with different builds and sort of maximizing your experience and your loot and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And that's fine as a sort of fairly mindless gameplay loop. And I'm sure it's very addictive and people really enjoy playing it. And I'm sure I will probably enjoy it as well, but I do like a game with a good story. And I'm worried that this just feels like it's a bit mm. mindless, but I don't know until I try it. So we'll see. I do quite like a generic loot because I've not really got into Diablo before, but I've, I do quite like a, a looter after, I mean, I'm a massive fan of The Division and Destiny. You know, I was say you love Destiny. And Destiny's got a terrible story and The Division... Yeah, Division Two had a, a like a pretty bad story. Division One, I I enjoyed a lot, but yeah, uh, Destiny Two, I have no idea what's going on in there. So, yeah, being able to, uh, yeah, being able to experience it, um, like the gaming doesn't bother me too much. That the story might be a bit meh. I'll just go and you know play for the loot. But yeah, I mean, I'm hopefully wanting to play that. I also really, I really got the urge to play some Street Fighter, mm. um, which is out tomorrow as well, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, well, Diablo's out tomorrow if you've got the like the premium pack because they've got four days early access. Um, but yeah, the Street Fighter comes out officially tomorrow, which I'd, I've never really got into a fighting game. I've never been good at a fighting game. So I'd quite like to kind of go through it and play it and then hopefully learn how to actually play a fighting game. Same. I mean, there's a lot of accessibility options yeah. in Street Fighter in terms of making the, I should say, maybe approachability options mm-hmm. of like different control schemes um modernizing it so that you don't have to learn all the different combos which mm. might be fun also i'm really interested in the world tour mode because yeah. it's like a street fighter rpg where you level up and you go around the mm. around the streets literally fighting people on the streets yeah um and it's kind of like a yakuza game basically yeah i played that uh you, do, you, do you see me play it i did I see play the play demo it. and uh, yeah i enjoyed it although i couldn't get to a certain level but yeah, I want to. Yes, I'm glad that there's all the accessibility stuff, but there's also I'd quite like to learn to play it, you know, without the kind of one button to use all the combos. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I will. Yep. Yeah, look forward to that. What have you been playing this week? I have been playing um, Final Fantasy 14. Oh, who would have thought? Yeah. So I'm um, doing, as I've said before, a full main story quest playthrough of the game. Uh, from start to like the end of Endwalker and yesterday I was coming up to the end so I've done A Realm Reborn which is the first like the base game and then they released a bunch of patches over the space of like two years um, before they released the first expansion Heavensward and yesterday I was like okay I've got about 20 missions looking at uh, the Wikipedia I've got about 20 missions uh, to go and actually like complete those and then get to Heavensward and with Pride Month starting this month um, I was like, okay, you know what, I'll do that. And then I'm going to take a little bit of a, a break from it. And unfortunately, 16 missions in, they then said, oh, yeah, you need to go and complete the Crystal Tower um, storyline, mm. which includes three raids. And which, I mean, you can whiz through them now in the you know, same time that you take to whiz through a dungeon. But yeah, they're like, yeah, you need to do these three raids. You need to, there's also these other missions. Um, so unfortunately, and also the the raids were like waiting for 20 minutes uh, for it to pop. So I was like, well, okay, I'm just going to stop here then. And I'll come back to it. But oh my God, it's so boring. Those Tell quests. Tell us why. Tell us why it's so boring. Those quests between, I like I, when they first started, because I, I kind of, I paid a lot of attention to the 2.0, the base game. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of simple. You know, follow it along. It 
you know, yeah, there's a bit of a story there. It's very generic, but it's a it's a Final Fantasy story. I'll enjoy it. The gameplay is amazing, so I'm just going to enjoy that. But then, yeah, people were always talking about how much of a slog the patches are between. I remember it being a real slog. Yeah, and I think, well, since I played it, they've removed a load of quests. They've removed like 30-odd quests. Um, so this is the the slimmed down version, which I think is only only eighty something quests. Only. Uh, yeah. So I played. I've been playing through that, but some of the quests just they're pointless. Like there's one you need to recruit people to something, and there are three starter areas, and you have to go and speak to four different people. Well, you speak to this guy, then you speak to four different people around there, around these cities, to see if you can recruit them with this just like banal chat. Then you go back to the other person, then you move on to the next place. And this is just one mission that takes like 45 minutes. And I was whizzing through it. 45 minutes just to go around and to talk to some people that then have re you've recruited. And you're just clicking through dialogue. And, oh, yeah. yeah. It's really, it was just really, really dull. And then, no, the worst for me was, uh, yeah, yesterday when I was just so fed up because I was trying to, I was like, okay, let's, let me see how many I can kind of whiz through. Let's because if I unlock the crystal tower raids quite quickly, and then you know there's not much of a wait to like to queue up, I might have been able to go and just do it last night and finish at one a.m. Whatever, but the like the quest to unlock them were ridiculous. So it's like, oh yes, you're gonna need these four crystals. You need to get these four crystals from the beast lairs, and it just so happens that the beast lairs are the furthest points away from the fast travel air, the fast travel locations. Of of course. They so are. luckily I could fly, but I had to go fly, then fight this this enemy that wasn't even like difficult. Get those crystals. But you got the first two crystals and then you had to go back. No idea why. So I had to go back and then speak to the person. Then he's like, Yes, you need to go and get the other two crystals now. I was like, okay, yeah. So I went and got those, came back. And then he's like, mm, yes, now we're gonna need um four different types of sand. I was like, what the fuck? See, it's and, stuff like no, this that makes me feel like the game then, just has really bad quest design. And then I got those, so those four, obviously I could only get two the first time I went and found them. And one of them, I had to go and rescue somebody who also wanted the sand. And there were loads of enemies around that were just, I was just aggroing all the time because you couldn't get to him without it. Um, so I had to kill those. And then it's like, oh yeah, we don't have the sand. We've just, but the ore, you can get the ore from around here. I was like, oh my God, this is so fucking boring. Yep. Um, yeah. And you can't even skip through it that quickly because you can't skip the quest. You no. you can go through the dialogue quickly, but it's just all the back and forth. And then also because you're still playing as a summoner, right? Yeah. Which means you're DPS, which yeah. means that the queues are so much longer for duties. Yeah. So then you end up just sitting and waiting. Because that's something that annoyed me when I was playing through it is because I was playing as a Dragoon. Mm. And it's just the queues are so much longer with DPS. So yeah. that just feels like it's wasting your time. Whereas at least now that I'm playing as a, a white mage, mm. it's like instant almost every duty. Yeah, maybe I should just you know, go and become a healer. You should try it. No. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I was just, I don't care so much about the queuing. I don't, that's fine. It's just because I, I really enjoy playing as a summoner. It's just these really boring quests. And yeah, like it's just bad quest design. There's so many other ways you could do it rather than. Because it's just very obvious. The only reason that they're doing this is to try and make it seem longer. You need to go all the way here, then you come back, and then you go there, and then you come back, and then you chat to somebody, then you go there and come back. There's no, yeah, it's just really poor quest design. Because they've not done it really... But it's only maybe like three or four of the missions that are really obviously like that. 
Um, the majority I mean, are just kind of all okay. I still found Heavensward and Stormblood to be a bit like that. It's only since getting to Shadowbringers that I feel like the quests kind of line up more appropriately with the story. Mm. And it feels like it's pacier and it's more consistent. And I appreciate that. Whereas even the last two expansions, I'm like, I don't feel like the quests have been that good. Yeah. Well, it's annoying because I've got to have... Sorry, everyone. I do need a I do need a uh, a stream like one more stream just to wrap it up because I do want to wrap that up. I don't want to finish like with one stream to go. Um but I will wrap it up and put it on the shelf for a little while because uh, yeah, I don't think people find it interesting either. So I will go and do something more community based, I think. Um but yeah, I will wrap it up and I know that like the end of like the pre-heavens ward patch, I do know that it finishes with like a really big cutscene and quite a, a yeah, lots of stuff that comes up. And also the Crystal Tower raids, the actual raids are fun and the, the storyline once you get into them is really, really interesting and the character's fantastic. We've got Jonathan Bailey. I don't remember anything about the Crystal Tower. No. It's weird because I think, yeah, uh, yeah, because they make you do the Crystal Tower now, but before it was completely optional. So mm. you could go and do uh, Shadowbringers without doing the Crystal Tower raid. But yeah, you... I'm glad they forced you to do it because actually the story is really, really useful and it introduces the best character. And, and I've forgotten all of that because it was so long ago that I did those Crystal Tower quests, apparently. Yeah. So now I'm in Shadowbringers and I'm like, I don't understand that link, but I'm still enjoying it. I'm, I'm, glad, back to it, actually. I'm glad you're uh, enjoying Shadowbringers. Yeah, because Shadowbringers is brilliant. It's like one of the best. Exactly. And you got to the best bit. So yeah, no, I'm looking forward to um, switching it up a bit, but I will do it one stream at some point. I'm not sure exactly when, just to kind of wrap this up. Um, but yeah, just, I, and to be honest, I might actually, I, I've, on my main account, I'm halfway through Endwalker and I'm just going to, I'm going to go back to that off stream because um, I do want to find out what happens and I do want to keep up. And I do like being at the end of, the, like at end game of things, uh, of Final Fantasy, I've, I think in the entire time I've been playing Final Fantasy, which I've been since 2015, so eight years, I've probably maybe spent two months of those eight years at the end of the main story quest. Because I would always get kind of close and then go, oh, I kind of want to, I want to level this job. This job sounds interesting. I want to go and do this. So I need to... Easily yeah, distracted. It's very easily distracted. It's very easily distracted, but also I'm like, I quite enjoyed the story. I don't want it, I don't want it like to come to an end. Uh, but when it came to Shadowbringers, I was like, no, I need to know what happens. I need to get, especially with the post-expansion um, patches, because they just wrap it up so perfectly. I'm not going to spoil it, but they just, I'm just saying is a perfect, there's just a really nice I'll ending. get to it. You will. I'll get to it. Yeah. Okay. Shall we see what people have been playing? Let's go see what people have been playing. Do you want me to pass you the uh, the thing so you can read it out? Because look, we've got a oh, uh, fancy little uh, iPod thing here. Um a fancy little iPod thing, there you go. also known as an iPad. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, so, we're going to start... Sit up straight. All right. Hold my wine. <laughs> there we go. We need posture check. You know what? We do need a posture You know I slouch. You do. I can't help it. Okay, wine back. Thank you. <laughs> um, right, Clues is still on V-Rising, the vampire game. I spent around three hours trying to kill one boss, so it's really tough. Three hours? That sounds like a Souls game. Mm. Um, but having gone through other survival games like Grounded, half the game is crossing the map to obtain rare resources before trying not to die on the way back home. All so that you get a fancy new coffee table that you can't drink coffee from. 
Why would you get that then? Be <sighs> um, I love it, says Clues. This is like advanced Sims for me as a vampire and checking out people's castle design on YouTube, like how I checked out designer Animal Crossing Islands, but with vampires. Very nice. Very dark, that game. Playing that for a few weeks now, haven't you, Clues? Uh, Riley, still playing and loving Tears of the Kingdom. I still die more than I win, but that's half the fun. Every time I die, I try something a little different and get better. Does that mean Zelda is a roguelike game? I think that means it's a Souls-like. It's a souls game. You're all playing Souls games. You're all playing Souls games. Oh, it's Celeste. All that. Um, anyway, I'm enjoying exploring more of the map and making all the long bridges I can to avoid actually solving puzzles and instead just climb over them. Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, also still playing Animal Crossing. Sold 1,900 turnips for 543 bells each just today. Very nice. Paid off the third house expansion board to New Bridge. Last week, I got Keiko started to visit and unlock terraforming. So now I'm making island plans. Got the memories coming back from that. Mm, that I was think so place, long ago I did those things. I'm definitely going to play some in June, I think. Yeah. Get those memories back. Uh, Debs, besides exploring in Tears of the Kingdom, I played a new indie game called Finding Hannah this week. Yes. Who is Hannah? And have they found her? Because I've, yeah, I got somebody liked one of my tweets today and I looked and they, and I saw that they were the, um, yeah, the CM for Finding Hannah. And I was like, what's that game? I think I have seen it before. I think they've followed me, but I was, yeah. Well, you're going to find, you're going to tell We're me. We're going to find out what Deb says. Yeah. Uh, the game is about Hannah, funny enough, mm. uh, who is a 39, I might have the age wrong, year old queer woman going through a midlife crisis. And you follow her story. Midlife 39. Wow, there you go. I know. That's upsetting, isn't it? Um, and you follow her story as she navigates life looking for happiness. For now, it has been a simple puzzle game where you just click and find a range of items in a scene that relates to the story. After each level, you collect little bags of goodies like coffee, self-care, sweets, etc. that you then merge into other items to be able to progress through the levels. The game is very bright, colourful and LGBTQ friendly, which we love. Yes. Um, Especially in then, Pride Month. Debs has also added the game is still in early access. And the official release will have 32 levels and over eight hours of gameplay. It currently has 12 levels and about three hours of gameplay. Hmm. So there we go. And that's it for this week. Oh, not many peeps. No, no one's been playing anything. But I fully suspect next week, lots of you will be playing Diablo and will have opinions about it. Yeah. If you're not playing Diablo, give us the comments as well. Also, um, Inbox will be back next week, hopefully. We're, we didn't do one this week just because... we forgot. We forgot and also we were... I mean, we were really busy. What were we doing? It was a day off. What, on Monday? Yeah. Yeah, it was a day off and we forgot. Yeah. Um, you were streaming. We went to see a friend. We did. We went to see a friend of mine during the day and then I was streaming and then on Tuesday we went to see Beyonce and then just time, time left us. Time did leave us. But yeah, um, okay. So we're going to look at the games. Um, we're going to look at the headlines. At the headlines, that's it. Because you do now the news. Now we can actually turn to the screen. We will be playing some uh, Jackbox, by the way, later on if you want to stick around. But let's go talk first about Ed's article. Yeah, there's quite a lot of news this week, actually. It's been a busy week. Um, okay. But it started off on Monday, which was a bank holiday, um, with an interview that I did with the very lovely Lena Rain. Lena Rain. Who is the composer of uh, Chicory uh, and Celeste. Yes. Uh, and also one, so a new one game done. called Harmony, The Fall of Reverie, which I've also played. And did you like it? Um, I did quite like it. It's a sort Be of... Be honest. It's the latest game from Don't Nod. It that, is a... No, I didn't say I, neutral. Haven't, I haven't got to it yet. Okay. Um, it... <laughs> 
I'm leading up to the opinion bit. I'm just giving you the facts yes, first. Honestly. It's the latest game from Don't Nod. Um, it is a narrative game um, as a sort of visual novel kind of style with branching narrative and choices to make. Um, Monologue time. I'll stop then, shall no, no, I? No, keep going. Um, I played a bit of it for the demo. The story was quite good. Um, it just felt like it needed a bit more than just static cartoon images, really, to sort of keep mm. it going. Um, but the the story was kind of interesting. Um, but I did particularly like the score. Um, it's got really good music, mm. as you would expect from Lena Rain. Um, so yeah, we had um, we had a nice interview chat. Brilliant. And that's available um, on... And you can go read that on Eurogamer. Um, oh, dot net. I saw some news earlier that Yoshi P has called you out. Me specifically? Yes, we'll say. Sure. He called out people that misrepresented him about dropping the numbers in Final Fantasy for, uh, for Final Fantasy games. And he complained about journalists not listening to all the other things that he'd said. Well, I wasn't in the interview, so I can only quote what's been quoted. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I was accurate. <laughs> Um, apparently he didn't say that they should he was thinking about changing the numbers or something like that or losing the numbers well i blame translators there we go okay do that um slowly but surely we're getting more and more playstation games on pc and now we have another one coming in july which is ratchet and clank rift apart um riveting yes one might say yeah. Um, if you haven't played Ratchet and Clank, it was it came out what six seven months after PS5 launched, something like that. Yeah, it was or a bit later. Yeah, I think a bit later. Um, it's a fucking brilliant game. Um, just, just it, it's one of the few games I think that really makes use of the PS5. I remember loading up and thinking, "Wow, this looks yeah. like nothing else." Um, it's finally found its way to PS Plus um, a couple of months back. And now it's come to PC. So if you don't have a PlayStation, you can now play it. Or you will do in July. Yeah. Um, and um, It's very, very good. Yeah. I mean, the, the reason why it was like a rift apart is because like it kind of, it, you go between worlds completely seamlessly. Um, like there's no loading screens, uh, as far as I'm aware, unless you die maybe. But like, yeah, you go from like, there's one bit where you're at the very, very beginning of the game. You're kind of on this rail, grinding down this rail and going like through worlds as you're falling. And it's just like seamless. Uh, going through this and it, like really showing off the the power of the SSD in the in the PS5 and so if you if you want to play this on PC you get yourself a good powerful PC yeah. with a nice SSD in it you got a shite little you know Windows ninety eight not going to be good yeah, don't play it on a laptop no um so it's June the first which means it's Pride Happy Month Pride Month but it also means that we're hitting the summer games season let's say um, which used to be E three. E3 does not exist anymore. Um, Jeff Keighley will have his Summer Games Fest, um, but there will also be other game shows. We've already had the PlayStation Showcase, which was kind of their equivalent. Um, and then in a couple of weeks, we have the Xbox Showcase. That we do. Um, which is followed by a specific one on Starfield. So if you, want to, if you want to know more about that, there is a specific thing on it. But Microsoft have begun teasing... Um, what they're going to be showing in their Xbox showcase. And they had a little sort of teaser video, which was essentially someone's house, but with a trail of glitter everywhere mm. and some sort of jaunty orchestral music, let's say. Um, and 
basically it was like, all oh, this is kind of a hint as to what's coming. And everyone has jumped to the conclusion that they are teasing Fable, mm. which we know is coming. They've already teased it, but it was a couple of years ago. We didn't know like when it was coming or any more information. Um, but the reason is, is that in Fable 2 and 3, I believe, um, your waypoint is shown by a trail of glitter, which is what this is hinting at. And the jaunty music was very Fable-esque. So everyone's jumped to the conclusion that we're finally going to find out more about Fable. So if you are a Fable fan, you need to watch the I Microsoft Showcase. adore Fable. Fable was one of the few games that I finished and went, it can't finish. I want more. I like, I... There are not many, quite a lot of games will outstay their welcome before I, you know, finish them. Um, or most I'll finish games. most games. Yeah, nearly every game. Like even games that are short, I'd be like, you know what? That was good. That was a good length. Like, for example, Miles Morales. I finished Miles Morales and was like, that was the perfect length. That was just great. Like Fable 1, I remember playing very, very young and yeah, finishing it and going like, but I want more. Like, I need more of this. Uh, luckily, Fable 2 came out and I played a bit of that. I don't think I enjoyed it as much, but um, yeah, no, the original Fable is just magical. I need to finish it because I started it and I punched a child and I had a great time. Um, did you play the game but as I well? But, but I, and then I went and played the game, <laughs> um, but I didn't finish it. So I um, I need to... I need to crack on with that. Yeah, I feel like I, I might, I might steal your Steam Deck and play it on that. Do it. I don't want to go back on. Although, did you play it on the um, Steam? Yes. Okay, good. Yes, I own it on Steam. That's good. Because yeah, no, I played. Um, uh, yeah, I played it back in the day, and I don't want to play it again because I'd be like, oh wait, no, this is not how I remember it. Yeah, I'd rather it, it play feels the, like an Xbox game. I'd rather play the remake and go, oh yeah, this is exactly how I remember it because <laughs> I think. It's just a really nice kind of fairy tale world that you're it's in. It's very British. Yes, a British fairy I, tale. I've been reading some Terry Pratchett recently, and I feel like that has massively inspired Fable. Yeah. So I'm I'm in that in that zone. Mm -hmm. I just want to reply to Helios in chat, who was asking Rift Apart could only be played on PS5 hardware. Was that bullshit? I think it was semi bullshit, but I think what Sony meant was it wasn't possible on a PS4. Yeah. Because a lot of games were cross generation. Um, but it was only possible on the PS5 in terms of the PlayStation family of PS5 being powerful enough and having an SSD. But yes, if you have a PC, that is powerful. Thank you for the wine, Ben. Um, if you have a PC that's powerful with an SSD, then absolutely you can still play it. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, so uh, yes, that's Fable. If, what, if you are interested in that. What Terry Pratchett are you playing, Aston Rocks in? Are you reading? Are you reading? Um, I'm reading the first one, which is The Colour of Magic. Mm. I think I might um, read it after you. Which I need to finish. I've been reading it for a while and I keep forgetting to read before bed. Yes, um, I'm going to do some tonight. So yes, I need to I need to do some more reading. Okay. So as it's Pride Month, Woo! we obviously now have an influx of rainbow, rainbow capitalism. capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and, and yeah, various Pride events. Lots of games companies are now like, oh, we've got Pride stuff happening. Happy Pride, uh, which is nice. Um, Blizzard have had an interesting one because they have finally confirmed the sexuality of two Overwatch characters um, who are Farah. Farah? Farah. Honestly, Ed Steve. never plays. No, I spelt it wrong and got told off um, by a lovely commenter. Thank you for that. Um, but yeah, it's Farah and Baptiste. 
So um, Baptiste is now confirmed as bisexual and Farah is confirmed as a lesbian. Justice reigns from my butt. Um, which that's has been... That's her little thing, by the way. I'm not just running. Oh, I, I, I mean, I just... Well, she says it justice reigns from above, but it sounds like justice reigns from above. Lovely. <laughs> um, so this was basically in a new comic. Now, I say comic. If you look at it, it's essentially a story with some pictures. It's not really a comic. Um, Isn't that what a comic is? No. Well, not like prose. Yeah. Um, so the comic has been written by the senior narrative designer for the game. Um, I, from what I understand, having not played it, um, I think people have speculated about these characters for a long time um, as to their sexuality. And now it's properly confirmed, which means they join Tracer and Soldier 76 and Lifeweaver. Lifeweaver was the most well recent. Well read, yeah. Yeah, Lifeweaver <laughs> was the most recent character uh, yes. who was pansexual. Um and on the one hand, it's nice to have some representation um, in these kinds of games. And at least there is now a nice little collection of LGBT heroes in the game, which is very nice. On the other hand, why have you just tacked this on? Um, like, why were these characters not conceived as this from the very beginning? Why have you just tacked it on Blizzard? Why are you hiding? Isn't Blizzard? that a bit like J.K. Rowling when she was like, yeah, Dumbledore was gay? Well, exactly. And <laughs> Blizzard did this all the time. Like, Tracer, I think, was the only character and Life Weaver, but Life Weaver was more much more recent. I think Tracer was the only character from the very beginning who they were like, she's a lesbian. I've I think been... all I think the other character, like Soldier Seventy Six, it was like, oh, by the way, he's gay. What? And they've just sort of tacked it on. Maybe um, it's just not their. That's not their personality, though, Ed. They are more than that. Or it's Blizzard being lazy. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's an interesting one because. It's nice to have the representation, but also, like, could you not have done this from the start? Why have you suddenly tacked it on now? Um, I feel like it's Blizzard trying to make good after all the other bullshit that they've been through. But there we go. Mm. Speaking of which, yeah, next that's... article. Yes, go on then. <laughs> uh, um, the next article. Oh, speaking of ribo capitalism, oh, go I'm going to mention. So we woke up today and our favorite game, Marvel Snap. Um, has a pride bundle for five pounds, and I gotta say, so far, what we know about it is that it's dire. I mean, they've got they you can get some exclusive kind of card art for two, um, for two of them who are apparently LGBT. I'm not sure. It's America Chavez, American Chavez, Chavez, Chavez. I I genuinely know nothing. Chavez. About I I genuinely don't know the character. Um, and Iceman, who I know is gay. Okay. Um, America Chavez, yeah. So for those, but like the art isn't pride. There's no pride about it. It's just those two characters, and then they and they also have two icons, like just like face plates and some boosters, and it costs five pounds. That like you can't use the credits in game. You have to pay five pounds for it. And it's like, okay, well, if I'm paying five pounds, where does that money go? Does that money just go to go to well, whoever runs. Oh, the developers. The developers of Marvel Snap. Does it just go to you, Marvel? Usually Pride Month, it's, hey, we've got an extra t-shirt or yeah. an icon or whatever, but it's either free or the money goes to charity. But um, yeah, there is no indication of that in the game. So no, and they've not, I don't I know just if checked. they're just doing this to take extra money for Pride or if if they are behind the scenes going to be donating this money, but it's not upfront. It's not clear at all from the game. It's very weird for them to just be like, hey, let, this is pr our pride bundle. Just because we're including two people who are LGBT, there's nothing to do, like there's nothing pride about it. 
Like there's no pride imagery or anything like that. Plus you have to pay five pounds. I just hope that they'll make a tweet and be like, yeah, that money's going to go to a charity or mm. it. I mean, that is purely just profiting off with the, doing the bare minimum, profiting off it for pride. Yeah, exactly. Shame on you. Mm. Um, but yes, back to Activision Blizzard. Um, there was a new interview this week, uh, yesterday, that was published in Variety with Bobby Kotick, who is the CEO, um, who has basically claimed that Activision has never had a systemic issue with harassment, which is the same line, basically, that came from Activision Blizzard when they did their own investigation into Activision Blizzard. And funnily enough, they said, no, 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 we don't have any harassment and in this interview, he's now turned around and said, no, 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 we don't have any harassment, mm. um, which is which is clearly incorrect. Um, he also has claimed that he's not anti-union and his reasoning is because his parents were teachers and they were in a union and he also is in a union. But do you know what union he's in? Union of assholes. Apart from that, he's in SAG-AFTRA which is the actors' union, because he had a very, very small minor role in Moneyball, that baseball film with Brad Pitt. And you know who that's about? An arsehole CEO, isn't it? It's, a, it's about a guy who does all numbers and stuff to get like the best baseball team. And that man, the real-life man that's based on, is the owner of uh, Barnsley Football Club, my football team. Great. There you go. Great. So Bobby, Bobby Kotick... Pretty much. If he wants to buy Barnsley and like pump them full of money, sure. Don't do that. I know. If he Um, wants to drain his own money from Barnsley. So basically because he had this minor role, he decided to join an actor's union for this one thing. And because of that, he's now saying that he's not anti-union, but also is is blaming the unions and the labor market and the media for spinning this thing about harassment in his company. It's just obviously bullshit. Didn't he also talk about how they've got like hundreds of millions of pounds in the bank, but also in the same interview, they talk, he talks about how he can't afford to give people a better salary or like they don't have the money for a better salary. Because people were like, yeah, people were calling out Variety because they're like, this is the least hard hitting like interview you could I mean, ever it, give. It's Yeah, it's not hard hitting. And they, they've sort of given him the floor basically to give his piece without really going into it too much Mm. um and his response as well is that basically all of this like abuse and negativity against him is apparently anti-semitic um and he's had death threats against his children and whatever else um he did mention i don't remember the salary bit specifically but he did mention um the microsoft takeover or bid to take over activision blizzard and has essentially said that they've got so much money in the bank that it doesn't really matter and that they'll still survive anyway. But mm. he also feels like Microsoft is the, is the best company to take them over and the best place for them to be. So it's just very mixed messaging. He's just a smarmy asshole, to be honest. Mm. Um, he says, like the company, uh, Kodak says of Microsoft, I like the culture, I'm really scared about the economy. Compensation for talent has been ratcheting up in oh, some yes, ways that, quote, yeah. that are complex for us to deal with. So this deal makes a lot of sense. So he says he's worried about the cost of compensating talent just after he boasts about having a 12 billion pound cash floating around and he doesn't get questioned on it. Yeah. It's like, oh. It's, uh, it's a very silly... He's, he's a like very a, silly he man. Is a, he's like an internet like villain. He's like a superhero villain. It's like you are just... He doesn't really care, does he? 
No, he's he got just, so much money. He just, yeah, everything is money orientated. It's weird because some people have just so much money and it's like, why don't you just go and like give it to a charity? Or why don't you go and just live off your day? Or give half a charity and then live off your days, you know, on, a, on an island you can buy and be just waited on your entire life and just relax. Why do you have to just kind of ruin people's lives? Mm, exactly. Speaking of silly men. Ruining lives. His own life this time. Ruining his own life is Yuji Naka, the co-creator of Sonic who you may remember from the end of last year. Um, jailed he, for releasing Balan Wonderworld, wasn't he? Well, he wasn't jailed for that, although maybe he should be. Um, but he uh, was uh, basically accused of insider trading. So when he moved, when he was making Balan Wonderworld, he was working under Square Enix, and they were looking into um, making a couple of different mobile games. So there was a Dragon Quest mobile game and there was that Final Fantasy VII First Soldier mobile game that's oh, now God. closed, both of which were working with new mobile companies, which coincidentally he invested in just moments before anybody knew that these developers were involved in these games. Mm. Um, Do you know how much he invested? A lot of yen. No. I really was like 20k, 20,000 pounds. Was it? Yeah. Like, well, I don't. For one of them, I'm sure I read that it was just like twenty thousand pounds. So I don't, like, I don't have the numbers. So it's like he didn't. In front of me. And then if it, but if it like quadrupled, he'll have only made a hundred thousand. I mean, this is a guy who has lots of money in the bank. Well, it was a very silly move, and he pleaded guilty in, back in March, I think it was, and now he's been sentenced to two and a half years in prison. And not only that, he has a fine. He has two fines that, in total, is just under a million pounds. I think hmm. it's like $1.2 million or something. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the yen figures. So, um, yeah. But a very silly man. Yes. Somebody, yeah, somebody in the chat says, I wish American, uh, Tom said, I wish American courts were this punitive. I mean, I think they would be. And apparently, like the UK one, it would have been up to seven years in prison. Um, but like, if you take money from a very rich company, then, you know, if you swindle rich people out of money, They'll come down at you like a ton of bricks. Like those people that were, um, that had run the... God forbid rich people don't have money. Yeah, but you know the... God forbid. You know what the football streaming thing that got shut down. So there were people that were running um, like a website where people could, could pay and watch these streams of premiership football matches that were going on. And a lot of these premiership football matches, they show for free or in a really simple package around the world. But because of this weird law in the UK where they can't show um, games on TV at three o'clock on a Saturday, between three and five, you can't show a match. Even if it's like Real Madrid against Barcelona, like whichever, they cannot, you cannot show football on TV between three and five um, on a Saturday. So they were like restreaming it from other countries. That's ridiculous. Um, so people could actually watch these games at home. And the person that was in charge of that got 11 and a half years in prison. Because he was, yeah, getting technically the Premier League was losing money out of it. All these people that were uh, that were buying the TV deals like the Sky Sports and BT were technically losing out because people were not paying for that. They were going for these streams instead. But it's like, well, if what you... What is wrong with the world? Yeah. But I mean, it's like now, if you want to watch all the Premier League games, you need to pay for um, BT Sports, Sky Sports. I think on Amazon Prime, there are some like exclusive matches as well. And also, you can't watch these matches live on a Saturday, which is when... Because they're trying to persuade people to go and, and see it in the stadium. But it's just... It's ridiculous. I'm so glad I don't give a shit about football. Yeah. But it's weird because I would be I would be in Spain and they would have, like, a match on live. 
but no one in but it would be illegal for that to be shown in the UK. And even if it's like a big game, there'll be like, you know, if it's on at three o'clock on a Saturday, it's one of those like the regular three o'clock Saturday games. What? Because Bill Smith wants to go and watch Barnsley with his Bovril. Yes. They can't show it. But apparently, I don't know if I'm right here, but I heard it was uh, Margaret Thatcher's thing. Like she brought it in. To... Oh, well, let's continue Thatcher's shitty laws then, shall we? I might be wrong, but this is what I heard a while ago. But um, it was like hers of, of trying to kind of bring the family, like trying to make uh, football a bit more like family friendly, you know, oh, persuade it, shop showing it? on TV. Yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently Brits also pay the most for football out of everyone in Europe. It's... Uh, well, apparently we have to well, <laughs> to see matches. Yeah. <laughs> you have to pay. It's just, yeah, it's pricing it out. It's a working person. It's like, yeah, it's a working person sport, or a working class sport that is now being priced out so that only people have, that big, then, yeah, it's a working class sport. So obviously people are really, you know, it gets very, very popular. And then the greedy people come in and go, hmm, it's very, this is very popular. We need to uh, start charging a lot of money for it. Oh, fuck the rich. Let's move on with the news, shall we? Yes. Um, so, a lot of people are playing Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And essentially, when you've been playing it, you may have noticed, and I'm sure you will have noticed, even though you haven't even played it that much, um, that the enemies grow stronger and mm. you start to see new enemies. So, you, do, you no longer get the red moblins, but you start to get blue and black and silver and gold. And that is because there is a secret leveling system behind what? the game can i cheat no oh. um now this was already known in breath of the wild but tears of the kingdom essentially uses the same leveling system with a few tweaks to it um it's all in the back end so you'll never really know exactly what it is and a lot of people still don't know what well, people in general don't know the numbers exactly but essentially link actually receives experience as you progress so every time you kill an enemy link gets experience points mm. But it only counts for the first 10 of that enemy type. So the first 10, like, red moblins gets you a certain number of experience. And after that, you don't get any more for killing red moblins. Um, and all the enemies going up from, from the easiest all the way up to the, the difficult lionels and then bosses all give you a certain amount of experience. And then when you hit a certain threshold, you start to see new enemy types. And you also start to see new weapon types. Mm. Um and Tears of the Kingdom works in exactly the same way. Um, there are some enemies that will never change. So, for instance, in the opening um, Sky Island, some of those ro the, the robots, whatever they're called, constructs, um, will always be low level because it's the opening arrow. Mm. Um, and there are other other things as well, little tweaks that, that don't change. So is this um, maybe one of the reasons why you can kind of go to whichever direction you want? and You don't necessarily need to do it in the order it tells you. And exactly. it will generally get more difficult yes and also killing like 10 lionels is probably worth more than killing one of the bosses so if you ignore the story ignore the bosses but just go around killing loads of enemies and building your way up yeah you'll still progress and you'll still see more difficult enemies will you um, get do you know if that. it makes like your hp or does it do you know if it gets you stronger like if no, you no, do no. more damage no, no no it's just it's just enemies you you can you will find better weapons yeah. So rather than like a twig or like rusty claymore, you might find a royal claymore or something like that instead later on in the same place. So it levels up the enemies, but also you get better rewards for that. Um, and yeah, it's all basically behind the scenes. So it was a YouTuber that has done a video on this, which is what people have reported on. Um, 
which is also based on data mining from Breath of the Wild and knowledge of that and then playing Tears of the Kingdom to make the comparison and seeing like changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so if you if you're looking to sort of maximize your time with the game or even people who are speed running, then you might want to think about, well, how many enemies do I want to kill of a certain type and sort of playing with that leveling behind the scenes, which yeah. is quite interesting for people playing it. Yeah, that's different. Um, Redfall, another report that came out today um is about redfall and why it was shit um i still haven't played it so i can't really comment on that i played about five minutes maybe it'll a whole five minutes well yeah maybe because the the delay was so bad but i'm thinking of maybe trying it again on the new tv that has the one millisecond did we talk about that what our new tv yeah i don't know if we let's did. not show off to people uh with a one millisecond like response time so maybe it'll be a lot better on there hopefully but yeah we have a new oled LG 55 incher and it's what do you think because you were so Ed was very pretty Ed was a bit upset when I said I was going to get a new TV because it's like my TV was not good enough for Ben apparently he was like what do you mean what do you mean my TV is not good enough for you and I was like well it's not OLED like the there was no HDR um it's It's a very good TV if somebody would like to buy it from me I thought you were selling it to uh I don't know yet Okay. Um, but yes, anyway, we have an OLED. It's very pretty. PlayStation games look very nice on it. Yeah. Um, maybe not Zelda as much, but it's a Switch game. Um, oh, anyway. The, my best bit was when we played uh, Horizon Forbidden West, and then we both we went... both like this close to the screen. Yeah, we went all like the way... Like away. Yeah, we put it in 4K mode and walked right the way up to the TV and was like, oh my God, you can literally see this. Like, yeah, you could see something that was like this big, all parts of this monster kind of moving around. It was It was wild. Very nice. But anyway, Redfall um, has not been very successful, critically or commercially. And a new report came out in Bloomberg um, from Jason Schreier, who has talked to dozens of staff about the situation and what's happened. And they're basically putting it down to unclear direction and also staffing issues. Mm. So it seems that people at Zenimax... So Bethesda's parent company, Bethesda was obviously the company that owns Arcane Austin that made Redfall. Um, Before that, they made Prey, which did not make a lot of money, even though people liked it. And so they decided, right, we need to have a game that is going to be making lots of money. They wanted to make a game as a service. Um, They wanted something that was going to be popular with lots of people. And so they made a vampire shooting game because, of course, they did. And it was meant to be this game as a service with full of microtransactions, but also the studio was known for making single player games, these immersive sims. And so then they were like, well, how do we put that into a multiplayer game? And it seems as if basically they were given very little direction. No one really understood what the game was meant to be about, how it was meant to play. Um, And then they had staffing issues because a load of people said, well, I don't want to make a multiplayer game. I'm used to making single player games and Mm. I want to carry on doing that. So I think it's something like 70% of the staff who worked on Prey left who were who were making Redfall. Yeah. So it lost a hell of a lot of staff. And then the company really struggled to to like re-employ people because people were going to Arcane thinking, oh, I'm going to make a single player game. That's what you're known for. I want to be good at that. And they were like, no, no, we want people with multiplayer experience. Um, and I think Xenomax apparently don't pay very well either. Oh. Um, and also... Um, they're based in Texas and they obviously have fairly shitty laws. 
Um, so a lot of people don't want to move to Texas to work there. Um, so yeah, basically Arcane really struggled. Then the company, or the whole company, Zenimax, was bought by Microsoft. And Microsoft just said, no, nah, we'll leave you to it. And didn't really help them very much. And then wondered, oh shit, this game isn't very good. That's because we haven't really helped them. But we've 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 built this as the next big Xbox exclusive and we really want it to do well. But we also have no fucking clue what's going on with this game. Um, so basically it was a complete mess. That's why, I mean, yeah, they did that. But I think they'll have known because one of the reasons why was when I remember they had like their showcase and they were like, it's going to be Starfield. Starfield is going to be the thing. And also we're going to talk about Redfield, Red, uh, Red, Redfall. Redfall. We're going to mention Redfall. But Starfield is the main thing. Like it was the main draw of it. Yeah. It was quite weird when they were like, yeah, we're going to go and push out. Star uh, we're going to push out Redfall. That's coming out soon. Also, Starfield, Starfield. Yeah, they were trying to distract. I mean, everything hinges on uh, hinges on Starfield at this point for uh, for Microsoft as a whole, to be honest. But yeah, yeah Redfall, not very good. No. Or at least it, its development was shaky, let's say. Just a bit. Um, a couple of, well, a very quick one. Um, Spider-Man 2. We saw the reveal of it last week at we the did. PlayStation Showcase. And you get to play as both. Mm -hmm. uh, Peter Parker slash the symbiote. Oh. Um, oh. Venom what thing, whatever, whatever it's called. Um, and also Mars Morales. And in the showcase... Clark, Clark Kent? Different character. Um, in the showcase, it showed them switching between characters um, because you get to play as both. And I think people have wondered, well, how does that actually work in the game? Um, well... There is an interview you can read on Eurogamer.net um, from the lovely Lady B, who um, basically they have explained a bit more about how it works. So in story segments, um, you will have to play a specific characters at certain points and it will say switch character if, if they want you to. Yeah. So that's kind of nailed down. But if you're out in the open world, you can switch between both characters at will instantly as you would do in, say, GTA V, but without the loading. Um, and there are three skill trees. There is one for each character, and then there's one that's shared between them. Because that's the one thing that really pissed me off in God of War, Ragnarok, was like the number of skill trees that they just gave me. I was like, no. And then the ones that, not, some of them would be shared as well, if I remember rightly. But like, I don't need a skill tree for my weapon. I don't need a skill tree for every single character. Because that, that, they were just like adding more and more characters all the time, so... Well, it's nice that there's a shared one. So when you switch between the characters, there are certain things that you will have unlocked already, which I'm sure will be traversal things. Yeah. And then they'll have their own unique abilities and their own skill trees. Um, but yes, yeah, so if people have been wondering, well, how do you switch between them? It's You can do it at any time. Nice. Which is a nice addition. Um, and then lastly, um, to finish off with a nice bit of uh, pride news, yes. this time from Xbox... Um, Xbox has now partnered long-term with GLAD. Okay. Um, which is the LGBT organization that, um, basically holds the media to account on representation. Um, and they have partnered with Xbox, um, in order to improve LGBT representation, um, in all Xbox games. Um, they, Xbox already partnered with GLAD, um, whilst making all well, they published don't nods tell me tell me why mm -hmm. um so there's already a relationship there tell me why incidentally is now free for this month so if you still haven't played it because it's been a while if you still haven't played it it's now free um 
But yes, it just is a way of Xbox saying that they are really committed to good LGBT plus representation. And they are partnering with Glad to do that, which is a very good thing. Great. All right. Well, that is it for Swapping Joysticks for this week. I hope you had a great time. Uh, did you have a great time, Ed? Yeah, I was all right. Yeah, the wine helped. <laughs> um, but yeah, so thank you very much for watching. I always have a great time. Ben. We will be playing some Jackbox straight afterwards on stream. Um, but for those of you listening on the podcast, podcast version or YouTube, YouTube, then uh, yeah, we all say goodbye. So, Ed, where can we find you? You can find me at Ed underscore Knights on Twitch and on Twitter. And you can find me at Twitch at Twitter. No, you can't. At Twitch at Twitter. You can find me at Twitch at Biggest Benis or on Twitter at uh, Biggest Benis One. And you can listen to us all or find us all on uh, like whichever podcast platform you want Spotify, iTunes, whatever you want on swappingjoysticks.com. Just go to swappingjoysticks.com, click the button that you want the uh, link to, and it will send you straight there. Also, go to swappingjoysticks.com slash inbox where you can send us a question, which we promise we will answer next week. Not all um, of them. Well, it depends how many we get. But well, we will. We'll, an we'll answer a couple each week. Um, so we'll usually record it on a Monday and release it for you, audio only, on a Tuesday. Yeah. So please do send us your questions. Um, it can be about stuff we've talked about in today's podcast. It can be about the news. It can be about gaming in general. Um, whatever you'd like to ask us, and we will answer at least a couple of them next time. And we will also make it so that you can ask the questions in Discord as well. Yes. But uh, yeah, so tune into that on, on Sunday, I think it will be. But yeah, so those of you watching, thank you very much for listening. And uh, yeah, do your swapping thing, Ed. Keep swapping. Ugh.